SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. This is hour number three, which makes it a happy hour here on a Wednesday morning on the Spiz Grizz. In this happy hour, we talk some college basketball for sure. The second day of March, the madness has already begun and it feels like it's just really Starting our resident bracketologist from Sports Illustrated, Kevin Sweeney, who was in Madison last night to see the Big Ten title celebrated by the Wisconsin Badgers, joins us next for a look at some bracketology entering the madness in this month of March. We will also get some PGA Tour plays from Cam Rogers and some handicapping for tonight's slate in college basketball for DNB Drew Martin Betts as well. But we begin with our West Coast wake-up, where we welcome in our West Coast audience here to the beginning of hour number three of TMA on this Wednesday. Basketball is great right now, unless you're wearing a Lakers uniform, then it's really pretty awful. They have lost all three games since returning from the All-Star break, and the Lakers have yet to cover in the three losses since the All-Star break as well. Last night was their first opportunity to at least cover in a losing effort as an underdog, and they were oh so close. But the Dallas Mavericks win by five in the Crypto.com arena, and they cover as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The Lakers attempted a comeback last night, down by 15 at the halftime break. They rally in the third quarter, outscoring Dallas by 17 points. They take a lead into the fourth and final quarter, but they can't hold on. So Dallas, meanwhile, as we highlight the optimism of the Mavericks covering as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, they have won eight of their last 10, and they have covered in five straight. Dallas is 22-8. and eight since Christmas they are playing some really good basketball and the Lakers as an underdog at least gave you a semblance of profitability this year because they are tied for the fourth worst ATS record overall at 26 and 35 but as an underdog now 12 and 11 against the number LeBron James a good effort last night a plus minus plus minus of plus seven in a double double of 26 points and 12 rebounds but LBJ needs some help and Luka Doncic on the other side not his most prolific night we have seen out of a stretch where he entered averaging more than 36 points per game in seven straight games or in at least a seven game span last night Luka only 25 eight boards and seven assists overall a pretty fantastic night and he yammed on a putback dunk on Dwight Howard's head as well so now as we look at the Lakers not at this moment but what their outlook looks like moving forward here in this regular season home stretch the Lakers have 21 games left they are currently seven games below 500 at 27 and 34 straight up they are four and a half games back of the Clippers in that eighth spot for the Western Conference standings at the moment. So the Lakers in the ninth spot, and they only have a two-game lead over both Portland and New Orleans, who are battling it out for that 10th and final spot in the play-in tournament. And you could see these updated odds at the All-Star break. When we got a break from regular season action and got to look forward to the future and in the playoffs, and the Lakers were minus 300 to at least make the play-in tournament. Those odds would not be that much minus money 
at the moment. And they were minus money at minus 110, a slight bit of minus money to make the playoffs, to be one of the eight seeds to emerge out of the play-in tournament and into the bigger picture playoff in the West as well. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, looking at how bad things are for the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA. Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates for the morning after on a Wednesday on the Spiz Grizz, otherwise known as the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. So the Lakers and their updated odds at the All-Star break painted a rather optimistic picture of this home stretch for Los Angeles, but it has been anything but. They have lost all three since returning from the All-Star break, not covering in any of those three losses. And look at the updated team win total that we saw just a week ago. 38 and a half with a slight bit of juice on that over at minus 115. Now, after losing their first three since returning from the All-Star break, the Lakers would have to win 12 of their final 21 games to go over that team win total. If you have seen what the Lakers have done the last three games, there's not a shot in the world they go over that updated team win total at 38 and a half. It's not a conversation of if the Lakers can contend for a Western Conference crown. It might not even be a conversation if the Lakers can get into the postseason. It might be a conversation if the Lake Show can even get into the play-in tournament, given how things stand in Los Angeles at the moment. Elsewhere in LA, better basketball last night between Arizona and USC. A top 20 matchup in the Pac-12. Number two, Arizona remaining at number two in the country, despite a road loss to Colorado, but when all six of the top teams in the country lose, the AP poll is not going to be shuffled all that much, and Arizona certainly showing why they are number two in the country last night. A 20-point victory over USC on the Trojans' home floor. Arizona covers as a four-and-a-half-point road. Favorite USC entered last night a perfect 5-0 and against the number as an underdog. So the Wildcats handing Southern California its first non-cover in an opportunity as an underdog this year. Ben Matherin leading all scores last night with 19 points. Pay attention to Arizona and their balanced scoring attack. You have Christian Coloco down low. You have a great point guard in Kerr Creesa. And Ben Matherin is one of the best players out on the West Coast in college basketball. Arizona number two in the country. The second best odds to win the national championship as well. The shortest price we have seen on the Cats. Plus 600. Only $2.30 behind Gonzaga at the moment. Plenty more in college basketball up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, and this is March, which means it's bracketology season in college basketball. And we don't need no stinking Lenardi. We don't need Palm. We've got Sweeney. That would be Kevin Sweeney, who does bracketology and covers college basketball with the best of them for Sports Illustrated and Field of 68. And Kevin Sweeney is here with us on a Wednesday morning, on the second day of March, to look at the bracket and some odds we can bet on in college basketball for how the bracket might shape out on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Kevin, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. Thanks for having me as always, Ben. 
And it is an early morning for Kevin Sweeney. Why? Because he was on the road last night inside the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin to see the 10th-ranked Badgers hoist a Big Ten title. A wild game, Kevin, in the final minute that ends in a Chucky Hepburn banked-in three-pointer to give Wisconsin a three-point victory, an outright win as a three-point underdog in its second Big Ten title in three seasons. What did you make of what you saw with your own two eyes last night in Madison? Well, first off, we sleep in Mayben, so no worries waking me up. Uh, <laughs> I, in terms of what I saw, you know, I think I saw, again, a Wisconsin team that just has a tremendous resiliency and a resolve about them. You know, Hepburn was really good all game. You know, Tyler Wall was really good. John, John Davis didn't play his best game. You know, Purdue did a good job of kind of taking him out of his rhythm. But Wisconsin was able to hang in even despite that. And I think that's a, a tremendous credit to the role players who I think have been underrated a little bit uh, nationally, I think. Look, it's true that Wisconsin's role players are not stars by any means, but I think they are better. Uh, I, I think people have kind of swung too far in the wrong direction and been like, oh, well, not, you know, Wisconsin's whole roster except Johnny sucks. Like, that's not true. Those guys made big plays and, and, and were really productive. And, you know, it just comes down to two guys making really difficult shots late in game and uh, it went to a championship. Uh, I probably should have known. I'm, I'm now 6-0. and uh, Wisconsin's now 6-0 and and 6-0 and against the spread uh, when I'm in the building watching Wisconsin. So... That's the real wow. uh, metric to watch. But no, I, I thought that it was a really fun game. I thought Purdue really battled. I was impressed with how they fought in a really difficult environment, one of the best environments I was in all season long. Uh, they just, you know, got unlucky on a, on a bank hit three. That trend for Kevin Sweeney being in attendance for Wisconsin Badgers basketball, almost as strong as Wisconsin as an underdog, 7-2 and two ATS winning outright in all seven of those covers. So now the question for Wisconsin might be, Kevin, uh, is where the Badgers rank in terms of how the committee might see them for the NCAA tournament. Their odds to reach the Final Four have gotten shorter and shorter in the last 48 hours. I would like to feel I had some part of moving that market. And now Wisconsin is 13 to 1 to reach the final four. How do you think this success here for the Badgers in the regular season translates to the big dance? You know, I, I think for, for a long time, I just kind of felt like they didn't have enough talent to 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 win four games, right? To to make a push. You're, you're, to, I think again, it's it's certainly bracket dependent, right? Like I, I would not want to see them have to play Arizona or Gonzaga because I think those teams are so athletic and, and able to play up and down in a way that I just don't think Wisconsin could play with. But you know, with the right draw, I think they have an absolute chance to make the Final Four because, you know, like I said earlier, I think the role players just continue to step up. I think when you have a team that is yeah. as bought in uh, to a vision and a, a style of play as Wisconsin's is, you're always dangerous and. When you have guys who make shots the way that Johnny does and the way that Chucky Hepburn, you know, did yesterday and, you know, Tyler Wall on the block. I mean, you have three legitimate, you know, options and Davison is a good fourth. Like, I think you have to feel pretty good about that recipe, especially when, you know, they're as good as they are at slowing the game down, at making teams play at their pace, at forcing it to be a half-court game. You know, I, I think that's a, a really solid recipe uh, for this Wisconsin team to make a deep run in March. So is there a potential for the Wisconsin Badgers to be a number one seed come the NCAA tournament? Right now on FanDuel, you can bet on the very idea of who will be on the one line 
come Selection Sunday. Wisconsin, the eighth best odds to be a number one seed at plus 440. Gonzaga is a ridiculous minus 3,500. Arizona, minus 900. Baylor, the third and final team in minus money at minus 195. Kev, you see those top four odds right there as we include Auburn as well at plus 120. Is that the four line or the one line as you see it at the moment? Yeah, I think there's some debate right now between Kansas and Auburn for the last number one spot. I think last night's loss by Kansas to TCU. Again, that's an NCAA tournament team. I don't want to be too – I don't want to indict them too much on it, but I do think that that for now at least swings it towards Auburn. Again, obviously conference tournaments will have a big say in this, and I think that fourth one seed feels very up for grabs right now. Um, But but right now I think Arizona, Gonzaga, and Baylor are pretty comfortable. Baylor, obviously, the 12 quadrant one wins – uh, Gonzaga and Arizona with the elite metrics and have been relatively dominant. You'd expect that they'll be pretty dominant in their conference tournaments as well. So I don't think there's going to be something that would change over the next couple of weeks with them. So Gonzaga is minus money, Kevin, to not only be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament at minus 3,500, they are also minus money to make the final four at minus 115. It is the madness of the month of March that always makes a minus money price interesting to me how do you evaluate how those top seeds who might be a number one seed come the big dance will do in the month of march yeah i mean i think it's easy to trust gonzaga because they've been there before i mean obviously numpard and timmy have won to a final four they win to a national championship game uh julian strother was on that team he's a starter on this group so like i think that helps and obviously i think that you look at you know the quality metrics it's pretty obvious that gonzaga is the number one team in the country they're the best team so i don't necessarily think those odds are wrong but you know i i don't think it's necessarily overwhelming that gonzaga's a final four team right like last year i I don't know that i could pick a bracket like out that would have said gonzaga was not going to the final four at least right like it was just like really hard to envision anyone really other than baylor beating them i think this year they have a little bit more weaknesses. I think you saw that a team that can slow them down, like St. Mary's, is is a, is a potential concern. A team that can, you know, overwhelm them athletically, like a Duke, is a concern. And there's a real possibility that a team like that could be their number two or their number three in their region. Uh, you know, there, I think I think there's just a little bit more depth of talent in college basketball, which makes me somewhat skittish on a you know a minus price. But you know, at the same time, I think it, it is earned because of how good they've been uh, this season. So, Kevin, from the one line to the other end of the tournament bracket, trying to make it in to the field of 68. There are six teams available right now to bet on who are on the bubble. Four of those six teams in minus money. Indiana at minus 140 now. Memphis at minus 172 in the updated price. Michigan after the stomping of MSU last night. Minus 1,400 in North Carolina minus 1100 as well do you think these teams are locks as the odds might indicate to get into the ncaa tournament field of 68 yeah i mean i i I would be careful with that michigan and carolina number i know there's not a lot of value in betting it at that price anyway but like i think it's likely that they go dancing but i don't think it's you know 90 plus percent you know i think it's Mm. it's a little bit more of a question than that particularly you know given what both teams have on their schedules coming up you know, to wrap up the season. I think Memphis is in good shape. You know, uh, again, you kind of want to ask me after they beat South Florida officially, so I'd feel better about it. But I think as long as they do that and they don't lose in the first round of the AAC tournament, they're probably going to get into the field. Uh, and, and then Indiana, I mean, I would, I would, I guess I would wait to see what happens. 
Rutgers because that's a as much of a bubble game as there is. I mean that 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 game feels like the first four before the first four. It is that that kind of tight. Quickly, Kev, about that game in Assembly Hall tonight. Indiana, a five-point favorite against Rutgers. Do both teams need this win to get into the NCAA tournament? Yes, they do, because for Indiana, it would be a quadrant three loss if they lost at home to Rutgers because of Rutgers' poor net ranking. So that would be a bad, you know, really bad thing for an Indiana team that has a clean resume, quote-unquote. And Rutgers could really use it because they need a, a, a resume win, and, and they really need uh, you know, another road win. They don't have a ton of road wins there. You know, great at the rack, haven't done much off uh, away from home. They need a road win tonight. A Big Ten bubble affair in Bloomington. What else could you ask for? Kevin Sweeney, our resident bracketologist and a college basketball reporter for Sports Illustrated. Kevin, thank you so much. We sleep in May, but maybe take a nap if you wouldn't mind. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. March is a big month in the world of sports and we go all across the sports landscape here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens it's a wednesday here on the show in our third and final very happy hour which means it's time to look at the pga tour and get some pga tour plays from cam rogers the host of the locket in podcast for the believe podcast network here for some more picks for a big event this week on the PGGA Tour, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Cam, thank you for joining the show, as always, with a look into what we can expect this week in golf. What's going on, Ben? Great to be with you, my friend. The Florida swing is in full swing. Big-time tournament this week. Expect a lot of carnage. This is a big-time test here at Bay Hill. A big-time test, a big-time person, big-time names in the field. And any time that John Rahm is playing a PGA Tour or golf event, he is going to be the favorite, it seems, with a very short price. So as we look at the outright board for the API cam, plus 850 is the price on John Rahm to win the event, which means there might be value in other places on the board with a short triple-digit price on Rom. How do you evaluate the outright market for the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Yeah, Ben, here we go again. John Rom unbettable mode. I just can't do it. Plus 850. We're approaching Tiger Woods a la 2013 when he was like 300 to 1, 500 to 1 to win a particular PGA Tour event. So, like you said, yes, the value is elsewhere because of that. Matt Fitzpatrick, he is my lock. Hold on, can I make it? Oh. Here we go. Lock. 29 to 1, baby, on FanDuel Sportsbook. Multiple top 10 finishes here at Bay Hill. Really good long course player. He pops at the major championships. He pops in difficult course conditions. When we're talking about a strong field event, Matt typically finds the top of the leaderboard. He's gaining 1.07 strokes per round in events with an above average strength of field. He is my lock of the week, and I'm introducing props now, no pun intended, to your very airwaves, Ben. I hope you don't mind. Wow. And just going down the board a little bit there, 
Will Zalatoris at 29 to 1 as well. I like him for an outright T6 second and T26 here in 2022. Number one iron player in this field over the last 12 rounds. Number one in proximity from over 200 yards out. Why does that matter? That's going to be a very key bucket here this week. Are you good with your long irons? That's why we have players like Adam Scott, Tyrrell Hatton play well here. Will Zalatoris is one of those guys. I'm looking at him this week to hoist the trophy. Props that he uses in explaining his answers and hopefully some props for the API as well. Coming up here in just mere moments on the morning after with the host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network, Cam Rogers. So Cam, we have a loaded field. Some big names that even the most casual golf fan will recognize, which could turn our attention to the top 10 finishing position market to get maybe a better price on some of the best to finish just within the top 10. So as you evaluate this market this week, who are a few of the names that stand out to you most? Yeah, it's good to see John Rahm at least plus 100 and not like minus 120 or anything like that. I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy, number one, plus 140. Obviously, you don't love the number, but he is so automatic here. McElroy has posted the low round of the day in the last six API events and seven career oh. appearances here. McElroy has finished worse than T11 just once. Over his last five events on tour, he's got a win and three top 12 finishes or better. So McElroy plus 140, you're at least getting the 40 cents on that play. I like that there. And then Adam Scott at plus 320. A lot of good reasons to like him this week for a top 10, maybe even for the outright market. He ranks above average in the following categories. Strokes gained off the tee, approach, proximity mm. over 200 yards out, total weighted putting, and API course history. He's 11th in this field in total strokes gained. And, you know, Ben, we're seeing a bit of a resurgence from Adam Scott, and not in the sense of he's just playing well, but he's playing well with his irons again. And that has been a moment of weakness for him, which is a little odd to say for Adam Scott, but his ball striking is back. And you have the Australian native or narrative as well. Mark Leishman, Jason Day, both winners here at this tournament. Adam Scott and Aussie himself, they play well here. That's something that we can certainly take into account as well as the handicapping there from a stats perspective on Adam Scott. I'm sure he is going to wear a tan sweater if it's chilly enough at any point this week in Florida as well. So let's go one step further from top 10 to top 20, Cam, and some other names that appeal to you this week at the API. Yeah, I'm going with somewhat of a chalky approach here, Ben. I don't have too many long shots this week because this is really a major championship type of field here. Keith Mitchell, plus 190 for a top 20, multiple top 10s over the last five years here. Three consecutive top 12 finishes on tour. One of the best drivers on tour right now as well. And Keith Mitchell historically has been a great driver, as I mentioned, and a good mm. putter. That's been his combination. But all of a sudden, the iron game is becoming very, very good. So when you combine that as well, good course history, some outright value, but plus 190, you could do worse there for a top 20 for Keith Mitchell. I mentioned this name on your show before, Ben. Christian Bezatenhout, plus 240 mm. for a top 20. He's a grinder. I think he's built for the Florida swing. Fourth in this field in putting on fast greens. Second on Bermuda surfaces. Something I want to point out, by the way, about the golf course this week. 
no rye overseed for this year's tournament. Now, what does that mean in lawn care terms? The course is going to play a lot faster, which means the, the greens are going to be a lot faster. Really tough to putt. Could be Augusta-like, honestly. We'll see what happens. Mm. So, Christian Bezatenhut, really good on those surfaces. And then finally, Chris Kirk, plus 210. Playing really well right now. T7 at PGA National just a week ago. Also top 15 in Phoenix. Good ball striker right now. Four for five at Bay Hill with a T8 just last year among four top 15s. Chris Kirk, plus 210, top 20. Christian Bezidenhut also played golf with Tom Brady just a couple of days ago alongside Louis Oosthuizen as well. Maybe that brings some good tidings to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Cam, you are one of the best at diagnosing the prop market for any given PGA Tour event. Are you looking at any nationalities this week as a way to find some value on the board? Yeah, I'm going for top Asian player here this week, Sunjay M. Coming off a missed cut, I was hoping that the number would be a little bit better, but I'm okay with this. Plus 195. He's essentially competing against Hideki Matsuyama in this grouping. He's number two in this field in proximity from 200-plus yards out. Ranks above average in the same categories I listed off for Adam Scott off the tee. Approach, proximity, total weighted putting, API course history, Coming off a miscut, as I mentioned, so I wouldn't expect too much public money in the outright market either. So if you want to take a peek at that, certainly do so. But he is such a great long iron player that I could see him winning this grouping here. Top Australian. I talked about Adam Scott for a top 10. Maybe Mark Leishman finishes inside the top 10 as well and becomes the top Australian plus 200 here. He's a really good wind player, as I mentioned, won this event back in 2017, but also has finishes of T7 and runner-up just a couple of years ago. Three top 20s in the fall swing, top 15 at Riviera, which is obviously a very difficult track as well, and has gained strokes on approach in five straight outings. So Mark Leishman for top Australian makes some sense for me. Cam, this is March. This is also the time of year that I am very envious of Jim Nance because over the next month, Jim Nance will call high-level college basketball games into the NCAA tournament, and then goes from Final Four weekend in the national championship game to Augusta, Georgia for the Masters in early April. Just over a month away, Cam, what are you looking out for in the next couple of PGA Tour events to start to inform your handicapping for the first major championship of the year? Yeah, absolutely. It is Jim Nance season, no doubt about it, Ben. Here's what I'm looking for for the Masters. How is your iron game, and how is your ability to deal with difficult conditions? The Florida swing is a great test for that. As I talked about, the API is a really difficult track. You have the Players' Championship next week, the unofficial fifth major on the PGA Tour schedule. TPC Sawgrass is a beast as well. How do players handle the stress on a Sunday afternoon in difficult conditions. Can they do that? Because that's the stress you're going to feel at Augusta National. Looking at the odds right now at FanDuel, John Rahm plus 850. I'm not going there. Kyle Morikawa, I haven't seen enough of him on the PGA Tour. Not looking at that number necessarily, but Cam Smith, 22 to 1. Really good in stressful mm. conditions. Hideki Matsuyama, defending champion, 26 to 1. You could do a lot worse. Will Zalatoris, in his debut at the Masters, was top 10. He is sitting there at 37 to 1. That's a good number there. So take a look at those numbers as we go forward.
Early handicapping for the Masters, the Players' Championship next week at Sawgrass. It's a good time in the world of golf. I am always really gen uh, envious of Jim Nance, but especially right now, as you start to see more of those Master commercials and you get a little bit of Georgia and you get all the azaleas starting to bloom there in Augusta. It's a great time, Cam Rogers, and we are always glad to have your time here on the morning after. Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network, bringing locks as a prop to the morning after as well. Cam, thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Big month for you, Big Ten Ben and basketball. Let's go. I'm pumped. I cannot wait for the madness that has already ensued and will continue to build, Cam. It will be a great time. Not sure for the Big Ten Conference. Not sure how many true national championship contenders hail from the Big Ten this year, but a great month of college basketball nonetheless. And speaking of college hoops, some more handicapping for this Wednesday night next to you on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network, I am Ben Stevens. Now, very pleased to welcome on a Wednesday, as always, it is our man, DMB Drew Martin Betts. The final week of the regular season in high major conference college basketball, but also some mid-major conference tournaments already underway. So we need the college hoops handicapping that only DMB can provide drew welcome back to the morning after great to have you here for a great wednesday night slate in college hoops ben thanks for having me man always fun to be on with you here wednesday right before lunch and um i'll tell you ben you know one thing i'm loving is yes it's march march 2nd man we got march madness upon us also Big Ten Ben with his Big Ten tweets, man. That one with you waking up, that was a good one, man. Get, keep them coming in March, buddy. You know I will. This is March, and I love that enthusiasm. I thought you were referencing Nebraska being great as an underdog in Big Ten play, a 3-16 and 16 conference team, 11-8 and eight against the spread, three outright wins, including back-to-back -back wins. Last night, upsetting Ohio State as a 15-point dog on the road in Columbus, but we'll save some of the Big Ten chatter for a little bit later on in this segment. We will start in your neck of the woods, Drew Martin, with the helmet above your right shoulder, but in basketball for your Auburn Tigers. The fifth-ranked Tigers on the road, though, tonight in Starkville against Mississippi State. The over-under at 141, and Auburn a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Drew, on the road this year has not been kind to your Auburn Tigers. Can they buck that trend tonight? against the Bulldogs you know what Ben I think they can now this might be the homer in me but I got a stat right. here for you you know this is one of those stats where if it was early in the season it's one of those you'd probably want to keep to yourself because it's one of those money makers and Ben you are right Auburn on the road what lost their last three games on the road um not looking good offensively is something wrong can they not score away from Auburn Arena on the Plains that might be part of it, but I got another stat here for you, Ben. And I, I don't think the market is in tune to this one. Auburn using Wilson basketballs is scoring 82 points per game. 
Auburn using Nike basketballs is only scoring 71 points per game. So watch out here. I think there's something to that. And sure enough, there's three SEC teams that use Wilson basketballs. One is Auburn. The other is South Carolina. And the other is Mississippi State. So, yes, there might be something to Auburn not scoring the basketball the same at home as they do on the road. However, I think it's more induced to them not using the correct basketball, that being Wilson basketball. So watch out. Mississippi State does use a Wilson basketball. So I think in Starkville, they'll actually come back and score. I would look to lay the short number here with the Auburn Tigers, Ben. I think there's something to this stat. That is handicapping you will find nowhere else but right here on the morning after. The metrics beyond the metrics and the basketball used that hopefully leads to Auburn scoring more points and hopefully in Drew's mind a cover of three and a half on the road against Mississippi State. The Tigers just three and seven against the number on the road this year but with a Wilson basketball in hand maybe a brighter future tonight in Starkville against Mississippi State so as we go elsewhere around the SEC Drew Morton a great one between 14th ranked Arkansas at home inside Bud Walton where the Razorbacks are very good against an LSU team trending in the right direction as well the Razorbacks a five and a half point favorite at home and drew this total ballooned up overnight from 138 and a half late last night to now 141 on the FanDuel Sportsbook how do you break down this matchup between LSU and Arkansas you know what Ben I'm in tune to this total this is a tricky one man kind of almost like next level this isn't 101 handicapping uh college basketball totals here mainly because You look at Arkansas, one of the best defenses in the country, and then who are they going up against? LSU, another one of the top defenses in the country. I would put both of these two teams in the top 10. They both rank in the top 15 in terms of defensive efficiency. Arkansas in SEC conference play has been the number one defense in terms of uh, efficiency metrics. We get um, two teams that actually go up-tempo a lot. I believe both of them rank in in the top 80 in terms of uh, tempo getting up and down the floor. So there's not a whole lot of, you know, just time outside the key dribbling, which is kind of prime for betting unders. But at the same time, both of them are so good efficiency-wise on the defensive end. That makes for a very tricky handicap totals-wise. And sure enough, the totals market kind of pointing towards the over here. And I don't necessarily disagree. You know, this kind of correlates sidewise with LSU, in my opinion, Ben, you know, I think a lot of the people just coming in to the college basketball betting markets, it now being March, we're going to get an influx of new money here, are likely looking at LSU saying, man, nine losses on the season. They've lost, they've, they've lost a lot of games in January and February here. But mm. the thinking is, you know, three of their best players have lost, have been out a lot of the time this year, you know, including their starting point guard, Xavier Pinson. Since he's come back, they played a lot better basketball. There are only two losses here of recent to a pretty good South Carolina team and Kentucky, both on the road here. So I don't penalize them too much. They've also spent some time without days and without gains, two of their other three top players here. So I actually think LSU is kind of a a riding under the radar a little bit, Ben. They might be a kind of buy low candidate here, but at the same time, I mean, Arkansas, what, 13 and one, uh, 12, one and one, their last 14 against the spread. You kind of learn some things being in this business. And one of them is don't step in front of those teams just 
money printing machines right now. And that is woo pig suey in Arkansas, especially back at Bud Walton Arena there in uh, Fayetteville, 16 and one at home as well. And they knocked down their free throws. Musselman's team, you know, I, I, Ben, I think both of these two teams can win the SEC. I think both of these two teams have an outside shot at winning the national championship. Um, it's always tough to lay five and a half here, especially against an LSU team kind of riding under the radar. But overall, Ben, I think the tempo metrics kind of come to fruition. I would look to bet the over. This is not a game I love on the board. I think it's a great game as a fan, guys, in the SEC conference, something to watch, learn from going forward. But at the same time, I, I think it's a tough, a tough one to bet. If you absolutely need one, kind of a degenerate bet out there, I would go with the over here, Ben. Two of my favorite maybe under-the-radar teams, just not in the SEC, but maybe in college basketball overall. Drew, we have been all over the must bus as Arkansas started to play better. They were 18-1 to to reach yeah. the Final Four, then 16-1 to just last week, now 13-1 to to reach the Final Four, the fourth-best odds out of the SEC. Arkansas has won 13 of their last 14 games. They had their nine-game cover streak snapped on a last-second bad beat in a tie-tie Washington heave of a three-pointer at home against Kentucky on Saturday, or they would have covered in 10 straight in 13 of their last 14. But then you look at LSU there, 18-1 to to reach the Final Four. LSU has won four of their last six games. They have covered in four of their last six games as well. And they covered as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite against a bad Missouri team, but a Tigers team that has been covering numbers as an underdog in SEC play. I think both of those numbers potentially have some value to reach the Final Four for Arkansas at 13-1. to And LSU was the fourth most efficient defense in all of college basketball at 18-1 to as well. But, Drew, let's look at the top of that marketplace. Kentucky, the third best price to reach the Final Four. And your Auburn Tigers, the sixth best price right now to reach the Final Four on FanDuel at plus 280. How sustainable do you think this SEC success that we have seen in the regular season, potentially the best conference in the country, can be as we take the next step into the NCAA tournament? It's a fascinating question, Ben. It really is. And I, I love the odds here at FanDuel Sportsbook. You know, I, I think the SEC is going to be very good, Ben. Uh, I think we've talked about this on a couple shows before in terms of I think the national champion is going to come from one of three conferences, that being the SEC the Big Ten, and the Big 12. I think those are the three wow. deepest. I think those are the three best conferences in the country. With all due respect to Gonzaga, hey, they could win it all. I don't think it's going to happen. And With my betting money, I would go from a team from one of those three conferences and looking just strictly at the SEC here, Ben. Look, Kentucky and Auburn, great teams. They could cut down the nets at the end of the season. I just don't think you're getting enough value there. I mean, risk 100 right. to win 280 on Auburn. Look, they're good. I just don't know if their guard play is good enough to win, what, five competitive games there. I'm, I'm counting it from the round of 32 on because they'll likely be a, a, high a high seed. And also Kentucky, just plus 180. I don't know. I, I don't think we're getting it in, a, a, enough value to make the Final Four. Hey, I think they'll be there, but still, I don't think it's enough value. I would look at the other teams on that list, Arkansas being one. Tennessee, another one. We just saw them last yeah. night. You know, Tennessee is a really good team playing good defense, well coached under Rick Barnes. They got that, what, the tall, lanky white dude down there. He's, he's not like a, a really good uh, kind of NBA prospect, but I think he's really good on defense. He's kind of a difference maker. 
And then um, who else on the bottom of that list? Arkansas, Tennessee, right there. Alabama. I mean, if they're hitting, the, if they're yeah. hitting their threes, watch out, Alabama. We saw them last year winning the SEC. And then um, you know, I just think it's a really deep conference. And we talked about LSU, Ben, and and yeah. them riding under the radar because their record isn't really indicative of them being healthy down the end of the stretch here, which they're healthy right now at the most important time. Will Wade squad. I wouldn't be surprised the way they play the defense as well. If they make a run in March madness. So I would actually point betters towards the bottom of that, getting more plus prices instead of the Kentucky and Auburn there at the top of the sec. And the sec remains a slight favorite to be the conference of the national champion at plus 340 the WCC really? with Gonzaga is plus 350 the Big 12 plus 390 the Big 10 that I love Drew has slid down this board at plus 750 as they cannibalize one, one another as they right. do every year and there might not be a true contender in the Big 10 but one final game I want your thoughts on Drew in the Big 10 tonight a Big 10 bubble battle in Bloomington between Indiana and Rutgers Rutgers great as an underdog this year but not as great on the road as they are at home in Piscataway. Indiana laying at five inside Assembly Hall. IU 11-4 and four against the number as a home favorite this year. Any handicapping you can add, Drew Martin, for this Big Ten bubble battle tonight in Bloomington? You know, a lot of people like Rutgers. They really do, Ben. But uh, you brought it up there in your intro. I mean, Rutgers is a different different kind of team in Piscataway. Yep. You know, they're, they're really bet on there on the road. Not so much. So I think I lean here with the Hoosiers at the same time. You know, the Hoosiers have dropped, what, a bunch of games in a row, but they've won two straight here. Free throw shooting as well, just 68%. So laying this number in a foul fest range, I don't know. I'd probably pump the brakes. If you make me bet it, Ben, which I haven't personally, I'd be on Indiana. But that free throw percentage in this range, that keeps me off of it. Indiana needing a game they must win tonight has not fared well for the Hoosiers over the past five years as their NCAA tournament hopes and making the big dance for the first time in five years hangs in the balance tonight against Rutgers. Rutgers 10 and 4 ATS as a dog this year, but four of those covers coming on the road. Six at home, only four of them on the road. Drew Martin bets breaking it down for us for a Wednesday night slate in college basketball now into the month of March. Drew, as always, thank you very much for your time. Ben, always fun. I left out one stat with that Wilson basketball. They scored 81 Real points quick. on the road against South Carolina. Keep that in mind, guys. Auburn bounces back tonight. Big stat there. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our three hours together here on the morning after on this Wednesday on the second day of March about to come to a close. Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. The second day of March, another college basketball best bet for you because we might do that every day in the month of March. But I will preface this here. I don't have the greatest feel of the board. Some numbers that stand out, but none of the strongest leans I've ever felt in my life. But regardless, before we say farewell, 
And before we say goodbye, it is time for a college basketball best bet with maybe an NBA thought as well. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Is this kind of like two best bets in one? Maybe because not I feel so strongly about both, but because I don't love either of these two. So just something to chew on as you lay your wagers for later tonight. The Phoenix Suns host the Portland Trailblazers as a double-digit favorite. Without Chris Paul, Devin Booker has gone over his assist prop tonight of six and a half in two of the three games, including the first game returning from the All-Star break when D-Book had 12 dimes, something to keep in mind against Portland tonight. But let's focus on college basketball. It's a total we dissected just a couple of moments ago between Arkansas and LSU, two of my favorite teams under the radar in the SEC this season. A total overnight that was at 138 and a half, now at 141. Have we hit our peak? I am thinking we have. I am going under 141 tonight for the over-under between Arkansas and LSU. And most of this comes from LSU because they have played two straight unders. Prior to that, they went over in seven of eight games. But to begin the year, in the first 19 games for the Bayou Bengals, they went under 16 times. They have the 15th highest under percentage in all of college basketball at 65.5%. Arkansas, two straight overs, but three straight unders prior to top 15 defenses in the entire country. The morning after, each and every weekday, right here on SportsGrid. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I am Ben Stevens. Enjoy the night at College Hoops. We'll talk tomorrow.